Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. I am joined today by Andrea Smith. Extraordinary. I think that's what I call you every week. I think so. I think so. <laughs> I like it. Um, Amy Oztan of SelfishMom.com. Hi. And this week we have a special guest, Suzanne Cantra, founder and editor-in-chief of Techlicious.com. If you haven't checked out Techlicious, you should. It is, I would say, tech, not really just reviews. It's really like everything you want to know about technology, social media, gadgets, cool stuff for regular people. And for life. And for Sort life. of that intersection of technology and life. It's good when those things intersect. It is. <laughs> makes things easier. Makes things, it's sort of what the point is, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, today we're going to have talk about four different topics, obviously. The first one is CES. Um, Andrea, Suzanne, and I just got back from CES, which is the Consumer Electronics Show that takes over Las Vegas basically the first week in January every year. I think they had 110,000 attendees. Yeah, pretty packed. Yeah, pretty so we're going to, and it's mostly men, um, but we'll get to that. Um, I think so. We're, that's going to be our topic number one is sort of looking at the cool stuff we saw for parents and families that will hopefully make your life easier or at least more interesting. The second topic we're going to talk about is an article in the New York Times, Parenting in the Age of Online Pornography by Nick Bilton, which was, um, I don't think eye opening, but really interesting and I think something a lot of parents are wrestling it, with. It's a good conversation to have. Yes. A necessary conversation. Um, and then we're going to do our digital dilemma, which this is based on I had two parents ask me this week how to manage their child's screen time without it devolving into a massive mean mommy fight. Um, and two different ages. One had a four-year-old and one has a 13-year-old. So different fights, same issue. Um, and then we'll have our recommendations, our parenting bites for the week that you really need to check out. So let's hop on in to topic one, CES. Amy was not there, but that will not stop her from commenting on all the things we're going to talk about. <laughs> so you can be sure. So Suzanne, let's start with you. Um, what did you see that you thought was great for parents um, or maybe even not great and sort of silly? Well, there's a lot of things there <laughs> that are obviously just great for people, right? Parents are people, but uh, we have special challenges when it comes to technology. And technology, as we were saying before, answers so many problems. And one of the things that really struck me at the show this year is the fact that appliances are making huge strides. And two of my favorite products out of the show were the LG Twin Wash System, which basically puts a secondary washer at the base of your bigger washer. So if you forgot to wash your kid's you know, basketball uniform, you can stick it in the teeny tiny washer, wash it and go, and you're not using extra electricity. If you want it to be doing two loads at once, you can do your delicates and you can do your comforters at the same time. That's so, what was amazing to me. Yeah. It's a time saver, and we have so little time these days to be able to spend with the people who we love and and do the things that we like to do. Being able to cut down on the chores really makes a difference. And then the other appliance that I really liked was the Samsung Active Wash. And again, not hugely techy, but it's sort of a no-brainer. Why not build a sink into the washing machine so you can pre-treat and not have to worry about handling those drippy clothes and dripping them all over the floor as you go. Yep. You can just 
Or if you don't have a sink, and many people don't really have a sink sometimes in an apartment right next to their washer and dryer. So I have to tell you, you know, I'm going to show you this. You guys can't see it, but I've got the same things written down that Suzanne wrote (laughs) down. So, and, and the reason why, and I agree with you, is because, you know, we used to see manufacturers making tech because they could do it, and it was cool. But now they're doing it really in search of a solution to a problem. And let me tell you, time, washing two loads of wash at once, that's a solution to a problem. I know. It's so funny because I felt like such a New Yorker when I saw those things because I just dream of having a oh. giant washer dryer. I mean, it's basically <laughs> the size of my daughter's bedroom, that washer dryer said. I know. Um, and I I think over a car any day, that would be my, my big dream purchase as a New York apartment dweller. And we rented a house in Miami over Christmas, and we had the LG washer and dryer. We didn't mm-hmm. have the one with the washer and a washer because it wasn't out yet, but we had the big, basically, sports car version. And I did like 15 loads of laundry in a week and everyone else made fun of me in the house. They're like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I'm washing everything. <laughs> like if I had known, I would have brought extra laundry just to do. And it feels cleaner because it it's not cleaner. in a like a commercial washer. Yeah. There, there's one other, uh, Rebecca, you may have seen this with me, the Bosch refrigerator. So mm-hmm. I love this because I can't tell you how many times I've been in the store and I'm like, do I need milk? Did my son eat the leftovers that I was going to serve for dinner? I have no idea. So what it does is every time you open the door, it snaps a picture. It's got two cameras inside. And so you have a picture of the last time your refrigerator was open. So you could be in the store, go onto the app, see the inside of your refrigerator, which I think is brilliant. You can also see who finished, like the milk, the and they'll yeah. them be like, no, no, it was you. You put back the empty cart, and I got the picture to prove it. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I love, I mean, it's so funny. Someone tweeted out when we were talking about the LG washers when we were at CES, like, oh my God, face plant. This is all women want to talk about is appliances at CES. Like, move on. And I thought, screw you. Like, totally, it is a part of everyday life. Do some laundry, yeah. dude. Yeah, you yeah. obviously aren't doing <laughs> yeah. 10 loads of laundry. We surveyed people at a breakfast we did for LG. There were women who did 28 loads of laundry in a week. How many, I mean, do they change clothes like five times a day? Or? Apparently oh, their kids chest. do. My, my okay. husband Apparently does. their kids like to do that. <laughs> but I just thought that is a, that, then this is like a life changer for you to be able to do these multiple loads at once or a giant load that you can fit 12 towels in at one time. Well, a couple of years after we, we renovated our house and got our washer and dryer, um, they came out at CAS with the, uh, the, the ones that will tweet to you or email you when your laundry is done. And I thought, how stupid is that? And now every time I go upstairs to bed at 11 o'clock and I find the moldy, disgusting laundry that I had put in at 6 in the morning, I'm like, oh, my God, I need that washing machine. So this stuff just helps. I have to say, I set a timer for everything. And I think this is another thing that we saw at CES is this this idea of being able to track everything, this Internet of Things, this all being connected to both your devices, to each other, to whatever it is. Um, When I had twins... And I realized I no longer could keep track of time or space or anything. <laughs> and I almost melted all of my pumping equipment because I sterilized it and went to sleep and then woke up with like burning plastic. Um, and that's a whole other story. But I realized I now set a kitchen timer for I don't care what I do. I set a kitchen timer in the kitchen, no matter if I'm boiling water, because I know I will walk away and completely forget. So mm-hmm. I could see the washing machine alert being, if I had a washing machine, really handy. Aww, you can <laughs> That's why we're in Brooklyn. But the whole Internet <laughs> of Things, the whole connectivity starting to um, connect everyday items to your phone and to apps was really on display mm-hmm. there. So one of the things that really blew me away, and again, my son is much, much older and I'm past this, but what a brilliant thing. Um, pacifier that takes a temperature. 
So if you want to know your kid's temperature and it's just, you know, squirmy babies or even like a 10-year-old, it's hard to get a, um, a 10-year-old to keep a thermometer under their tongue and a get a really good reading. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So there's the pacify for babies, but then there's something called temp track. For oh, kids, yes. it's a cool. Band-Aid. It's literally the size of a Band-Aid, and you wear it, you know, on your skin, and it will track your temperature for 24 hours. So, you know, you can be that guilt-ridden mom going off to work, and you know you can look at your phone and see if, you know, the fever spiked or if things are better. And it kind of, I, I can't imagine that it doesn't give you peace of mind. Well, I, I thought it was great. And I do, too. And you've, I've been there where I feel like I have to take my kids' temperature, and they just fall asleep, and they're yeah. not cranky anymore, and you're not pulling your, out your hair anymore, and you're like, oh, well, I really want to know, but I really don't want to wake them up at the same time, and that way you can, as you were saying, constantly be checking and knowing when it's time, if their fever's broken, whether it's spiked. Yeah, and you can email the info to the doctor, which I loved. Yeah. It does yeah. a little PDF report that you can email to the doctor, So, because you can't keep track. I mean, it's yeah. just so hard, especially if you're too sick and you're sick and, you know, forget it. I have a laser thermometer that I use when I'm heating up pans and, and to see what temperature my oven surface is. I wonder if that would work on a sleeping child, if I just, like, from across the room, <laughs> pointed it at their forehead. I'll Why try not? that. If it can work on a chicken. Try <laughs> it. Try it. But I, love, I just love the idea of, you know, making these gadgets smart and let them, you know, really put them to work. And we'll have links to these, uh, pictures of these that we took at the show and links to uh, these products that you can check out on the show's Facebook page. Yep. What else did you see, Suzanne? Well, homes are becoming much smarter, too. I don't know why I keep on focusing on homes, maybe because... I live in New York City because as well, and I, and no. I <laughs> that's what everyone's going to say. Well, it's about safety and security and um, being able to get alerts and being able to create a system of different manufacturers' appliances. So I, if I want to buy from one brand for my smoke detector and I want to buy a different brand of windows, I can do that. And so seeing these whole homes put together with these security devices in them, uh, one thing that I particularly liked, and it wasn't, it's not really that connected, uh, was a, uh, a smart alert one-link Wi-Fi smoke and CO detector. And what made it smart for me is the fact that it's a 10-year battery. I don't have to Ugh. remember to replace the battery every year. And it also uses Bluetooth to be able to talk to other you know, smoke and CO detectors, and it will tell you which one's going off. And it's just smart in terms of being able to help you manage your space and be able to manage your needs. And I think smoke detector is so funny. It's such a minor thing, but everyone has to have one. And the CO2 de detector, like the fact that you have to have a CO detector and a smoke detector now in multiple parts of your room and there's nothing worse than when it goes off like when you're cooking and you sit there with a the broom handle yes. like swagging it and or we had one go off in the middle of the night because the battery needed to be changed because mm -hmm. oh, of course annoying. we ignored the like the like beep right? beep every time you know and then all of a sudden it just goes off so I think 10 years like that alone would mm -hmm. do it for me Yep. Then you have to remember which, okay, is this the 10-year? Like, you have to really put that on your calendar way far away. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> well, it, it's like passport renewal. It starts right. beeping when, when it needs to be yeah. changed. It, it gives yeah. you warning. So yeah. my thing yeah. about these homes, and I saw all of those um, systems, and I think it's amazing, and I love that Nest came out with their Works with Nest program because I think that's, that's one item, one smart home item, the Nest uh, Learning thermostat that a lot of people have, and now they've opened it up, so it will work with other appliances. Whirlpool said that they were partnering with them and other companies, but what I love, I love that, but I, I had a lot of problems talking to companies who said basically they had a whole home system, 
but it wouldn't work with anything else. Right. So when I asked about you yeah, know thermostats and smoke detectors, they would say coming soon. And mm-hmm. everybody kind of wants you to buy into their ecosystem now, which isn't good. I mean, we, and, and I think that these won't go mainstream until they really learn to start talking to each other. Yeah, I'd love to hear actually from listeners on our Facebook page. If you are into the smart home thing, if you think that's something you want to do, um, and what you'd want smart, like where you think, because sometimes I think we can add technology to things and it's just another thing that breaks on something, which is really annoying. It's like when you had a TV VCR combination, like the VCR broke and you're like, well, great. Now I have this right. stupid TV with a thing underneath right. it. Or what can't you figure out? That would be interesting right. too. What's too difficult still? Now, I actually, um, I did a sponsored post a while back on SelfishMom.com on one of those whole home systems, and it was brilliant. Um, I had it set up so that every time anybody opened one of my one of the entrance doors, it would take a picture so you could see who was coming in, so I could see if my kids were home, and it was all fantastic. But when I was done with the sponsored post, I boxed it up and sent it back because it didn't work with my security system. It would be like wow. two totally separate systems, right. and I couldn't afford that. So, yeah, they need to oh, get right, on that. Oh, right, because you need to pay for the you system. You need to pay. So that's, that's, that's the problem. problem. Yeah, that's, that's a big problem. Starting to pay $10 a month for the cloud on each mm. and every one of these systems gets really expensive. Yeah. Integrate yeah. it with what I already have, yeah. and you've got a new customer. Yeah. And it's very expensive. I saw AT&T, they're charging like $5 a month just for open and close sensor you know, monitoring for your doors. And there are systems out there yeah. where you don't have to pay anything at all. And so right. being able to bridge those gaps and be able to have something that's modular definitely makes sense. Yep. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. I think that, so the last thing at CES is not something new, but I am really, I love that CES has actually really sort of embraced this idea of family um, and kids and obviously the kids at play section of Living Digital Times. But it astounds me, the kid tablet and kid phone market, that this is still so robust. Um, yes. Because I I really don't get it. I, I have to be the first to say the majority of people I know hand down a device or have a family iPod or iPad or usually iPad. Um, I don't – I always think they have these great concepts behind them, this idea of, like, curated content already on there and parental controls. And, and then I don't know anyone who has bought one. And I know they are selling, obviously, or they want to keep making I mean, them, they but are, I don't I think know parents anyone. of younger people, they are buying, like, the educational ones because they, they want to feel good that their kids are having educational games like Leapfrog um, or Curio. But you're right. I think older than three, no kid wants one of those. They know. It's like when you get your kid the stupid Fisher-Price keys. Right. <laughs> they really just want your keys. <laughs> exactly. It never quite works. Yeah. I think with the prices coming down uh, on regular adult tablets – and being able to use it for dual purposes, that's really where it is. And there are a lot of good parental controls that are out there where you can set it up so that you do have a lot of control over what your kids do. And they do have all the cases and all the options and accessories and all the charging cables that you need. But to your point, when kids are much younger, uh, if you use the Fisher Price or use the LeapFrog, Everything has been tested to the nth degree. Everything has been curated. So you know that anything that they're engaging with is going to have some kind of educational value and is built to withstand what kids can dish out. Yeah, I will say the only, so the one that I am the most impressed with is actually the Nobby. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think their content is great. And they, they launched like a new um, educational system with it that actually has physical workbook component. But oh, it's nice. almost oh, like cool. a live scribe pen. Like the pen translates back onto the tablet as they're doing the workbook. Is that on the big tablet? 
It is on both. Okay. It is on the 1130. And that's not, I mean, that giant 26-inch. <laughs> I saw a 55-inch yes. one when I was there, too. Um, but I like it because it'll automatically direct kids to, like, a video. If they're not getting the math right, it'll show them an instructional video on it. So it, you don't need the parent, and you don't need to go to, like, a Khan Academy where you're on YouTube, and now you end up somewhere else. And Ooh, yes. Yeah. That's bad. It's so bad. Um, so I was impressed with that, and I'm dying to hear from parents who have purchased these tablets for their kids. I really Now, I just, before we wrap up CES, I just want to ask, because I know you and I both saw um, Ozobot and Mechanoid, and I love these toys. I love the idea of programming toys for kids, you know, kind of robotics and teaching kids a little bit. I don't know how they're learning to code or program, but they are learning cause and effect, but Ozobot, you know, those cute little robots that go around on a tablet or actually can work on paper and a red line will make it twirl and a blue line will make it, you know, go forward. And and so you are seeing cause and effect that the price came down a lot. I think they were $40 yeah. each at the show. And I like those. I want one for my cat. <laughs> Your cat. It is the yeah. perfect it's cat great. toy. Um, we actually got also Sphero had um, the Sphero, which yeah. I really love because I think it's so open ended and like kids can just create weird things for it and send it off wherever it wants to go. And there's all these robotics clubs around it, but they have they gave us all an Ollie, which is like their little rolly robot thing. The app, yeah, the app controlled by an app. On yeah, your phone. controlled by the app. That is the perfect cat toy. Yes. <laughs> because mm-hmm. you could have the app and roll that thing all over the place. Your cat will have no idea what's going on. My daughters haven't been so sure what they're doing with it yet. Well, when they get tired of it, Kit Kat will take it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she can do a review. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's a good segue. Do you have anything else? Anyone? That was kind of our CES wrap up, right? Yeah. I mean, it was it, to me, it was interesting. And, you know, you and I did two days of Mommy Tech TV interviews. And a lot of it was smart home a lot of it was internet of things and smart home and smart toys so um i think that's really the trend this year i think so more than anything in the home it's and like eight million bluetooth speakers how many bluetooth speakers (laughs) oh i know world no kidding oh my god well i mean digital health i like the calibri uh bluetooth toothbrush which has that nine axis sensor (laughs) so it knows that you are actually brushing in each quadrant of your yes. mouth. <laughs> Wait, so I could monitor my kids yes. brushing their... Okay, yes. I'm getting and that. I'm yes. your dentist. Yes. I am getting it yes. tomorrow because my kids lie like there's no tomorrow when I ask them if they brush their teeth. Also, when they get braces, it's so important. Oh, I'm and sure. I think it's like a whole... opens up a whole new thing. Well, and it's also a game with it. So they have to... It's sort of like... Um, they have to pick up coins, so they have to be brushing in a certain quadrant to be able to pick up the coins. So it's, you know, down, it, it knows whether you're brushing the top teeth or the bottom teeth. The gamification of dental yeah. health. <laughs> exactly. I love it. And I'm not being sarcastic. And I they love can it. compete. Oh. They can see who gets the top score. So, Perfect. again, it's using technology in a really innovative and cool way. One one thing that uh, I saw, which I'm, I'm not so sure about, was the uh, the Skechers uh, shoes that have the Simon game built yes. into them. That was kind of odd. I, I was thinking, well, I can't send my kids to school with them on. <laughs> yeah. That would really be really bad. But you can turn the sound off. So it has little lights built into it, and you... It is the Simon game, basically, which you're probably not supposed to. Sorry, but Hasbro, but like, yes. you, you know, it goes <laughs> beep beep, and you keep and you keep playing as they light up on your shoe. And it's supposed to keep kids entertained while they're in the waiting room. But I thought it was like, you know, oh, so you go out and you walk and you get exercise and, you know, you walk to school. Yay, great. You get to play a game. But that's not it. No. Oh, no, no. You just press on. It's just to play (laughs) games on your shoes. It's just to play games on your shoes. I mean, maybe if you didn't, 
you know, you're one of those yeah. parents who are constantly giving your kids entertainment so that they don't have to sit and think about things ever. <laughs> right. They play um, with that for four seconds. But wow. The iPad. Great. <laughs> That's great. Hi, Mom. I'm touching the bottom of my shoes <laughs> yeah. here, and then I'm going to eat my candy. But they are really cute. I mean, they're kind of like <laughs> a new fun. variation on the light-up shoe, right? Which they was like are. 20 years ago where all the kids were light-up shoes or Heelys. I was like, yeah, these are so going to get banned in school just like Heelys. Like, oh, <laughs> no question. Totally. But that's cool. Skechers always has like cute little fashion-y stuff that they're putting out there, pushing, and it's always like light up. And I think they were the first ones to like light up and make noise. And well, one more thing that I just have to mention, just because I personally love it, and I don't do yoga, but I love this smart mat that can tell whether you are holding your yoga pose correctly. So you can either bring it to a yoga class, and it'll know and be able to give you feedback, or it can actually guide you through the different poses and tell you to put. Um, you know, to change your shift your body so that your weight is in the right correct spot. Is that using a camera? It is using twenty one thousand plus sensors. It knows how tall you are, how much you weigh, and can then sense where your hands and your feet are, so that it can it can give that correction. I love that because I do yoga at home because I'm cheap. So, <laughs> and I like to be on my own schedule. Um, but I think that would be amazing. Because that is, I always, I was just talking to someone the other day. The thing about yoga is you have to be watching yourself. It's yes. very hard mm -hmm. to not have a full-length mirror. And who has, like, a wall of full-length mirrors in their house? And I don't really want to know if you do. But <laughs> um, it's, it is one of those weird things where you're going purely on sense mm -hmm. on, like, does this feel right? Um, and it would be cool to have a mat. I'm going to totally get that. Yeah. Is it out? It's not this summer. Bummer. But All right. It was pretty so awesome. So I'll injure myself in can the You can take it on summer vacation <laughs> with you. So I don't know how we're going to segue from yoga to online porn, but we are. Oh, that's an <laughs> easy segue. Come on. I know. I was thinking positions. Oh, there were a lot of bad jokes in there. Um, so this week, Nick Bilton, who never writes about parenting stuff. He's just, he writes the Bits blog for the New York Times. I always read it. I actually really enjoy his writing. Um, wrote an article, Parenting in the Age of Online Pornography. And the article starts with um, this intro with a mom who discovered her 13-year-old was searching for child porn. That was the search term. And was like, <laughs> all right, like, what yeah. do you do? Um, Heart attack. Right, <laughs> really, especially, I mean, she was a single mom, so she knew it wasn't her husband searching for it. Because, like, that would oh. be my first fear oh. is, like, who in my house <laughs> right. is searching for, for child, child porn? Right. Especially, like, right. you think like, they would be using <laughs> right. a different term. Right. Like, that's horrifying. Um, and it turned out he was looking for, this is even porn made for kids so that he could see if his body was normal. Oh. Because he just didn't know, you know, right. in puberty. No. He wanted to see pictures. Yeah. And, or at least that's what he said. But, but um, so, so was his thinking was that porn was just naked pictures of yes, kids? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it would be just naked pictures, yeah. period. And he thought maybe there's naked pictures of kids, yeah. which I, unfortunately, I'm sure there are. Um, but it was a really interesting article because it talked about, it was a crazy statistic. It was like 96% of boys have seen online porn by the time they're 17. And it was 63% of girls. And most porn, the vast majority, was discovered by accident, yep. where they were on a file-sharing mm -hmm. site, and it was the ads in the sidebar. Um, so I thought that was a really good point about this article. It was really about you have to talk to your children, because even if you think, my child will never look for porn, which, first of all, is just a bizarre thing to be thinking, but let's just pretend that that's your child. They're going to find it. A friend's going to show it to them. And what is on the Internet is entirely different than stealing your father's yeah. 
you know, Playboy, Playboy. to you, glance you, at. You cannot unsee yeah. this stuff you see. No. Yeah. And it's horrifying. It's yeah. very, a lot of it's violent, a lot of it's bondage, a lot of it's crazy Photoshop. Like, who, like, whatever's yeah. going on, you do not want your child to stumble upon. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. So no. the question becomes, you know, how, what, what is your response? You know, how do you, do you talk to your kids first? Do you talk to them after? And I'll tell you, this was 10 years ago. My son was 13, maybe. I came home one day and found a big picture of boobs in the printer. <laughs> <laughs> now, and my husband was, in, you know, traveling all week, so I knew it wasn't him. And I'm like, wow, you know, really? And and there were some other printer pages there. He clearly had been doing homework on my computer. And, you know, we, he, he didn't he have his own computer. Photo. He forgot that. Or maybe it just took longer to print. I love Because oh, right, they were right. such large boobs. <laughs> <laughs> and so I took his pages and I took the boobs and I put that on top. And I went upstairs and I put it on his desk. And I just thought, you know, I'm just... Like, that's it. That's all I'm going to say. And then maybe like two days later, I said, you know, I just want to go through some security stuff on my computer. You share my computer. Here's what you need to know. You can't go to certain sites. You know, you're going to. And if there's any site you really want to go to, we can talk about it. And I can, you know, and I didn't want to say like the woman in the article, I'll go there with you. You know, but I said, <laughs> we'll wait for dad to come home. But. Boy, there's nothing like coming home and seeing boobs in your printer. <laughs> well, there's yeah. probably worse things you can see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to go there. <laughs> I, I mean, so I have two girls, and this has just not come up yet. Um, and my girls are very open. And, like, a lot of other stuff's come up, but not the porn thing. Um, but my friends with boys... I have a couple friends who, um, and I don't know, they all call me. They're like, what should I do? I'm like, I don't know. I just talk about this for a living. So one of my friends, it was like what her son was looking up was just insane. Like, and not insane. But it was curiosity, but like really like girl on girl, you know, like he had lots of terms he was using that. And he goes to a school where the kids are mixed grade in classes. Like uh-huh. you're mixed. So even though you're in fifth grade or sixth grade, you're in classes with eighth graders. Right. So of course you're exposed to a lot more. You're hearing a lot more and he's coming home and f- figuring out what these kids are talking about and Googling it and then being like, woohoo, you know, and she didn't know whether she should tell him because she liked that she could see the search history and she kind of almost didn't want him to know that she was seeing it, because then she, he'll notice, because once he asked an eighth grader how to erase his search, right? They'll be like, right, you stupid, you didn't erase your search right, history. You right. know? She or go incognito or whatever. Um, so she was torn. She like didn't yeah. know whether to tell him, because she wanted to be able to see what he was looking at. And once she let the cat out of the bag. Yeah. So what did she do? Did she eventually she Totally confront? said to her husband, you need to go talk to yeah, him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the problem. You deal with it. That's the problem. I'm the one in our house more likely to take the bull by the horns and talk about this stuff. And about, I think it was about four years ago, my son was about nine. I was looking through the search history and I saw a search for girls in bikinis, which was just so sweet and innocent. And so I told my husband, all right, it's time to talk to him about online porn and my husband was like really and I was like if you don't do it I'm going to which do you think he would prefer <laughs> so you know it, it, it had like once you see that there's that little bit of interest that's when you have to start yeah. before they find something really bad 
I know. I think that's but so what was interesting with the articles they talk about that you have to have the talk about what is really bad that they can find because right. it's one thing to have just sort of a talk about sex and a talk about but the talk about pornography is different. It really is. You have to have that talk that like things aren't real. Like, right. Like you right. have when you don't want them to fly like Buzz Lightyear. Like now mm-hmm. this is the next version of like I think maybe not. I think there's a different conversation with boys and girls, right? Boys, it's like you have to know that women aren't actually like this. Right. Um, and that I tell my son all the time to this day, those boobs are not real. <laughs> they are not real. Girls don't look like that. Although I have to say more and more, they may be encountering girls in real life who have boobs like that um, as, as more people get, you know, whatever the pressure. So that's what I was going to say is the pressure on girls is the opposite, which is like you don't have to be that. Right. Um, you know, and yeah. no one should expect yeah. that. And I think Lena Dunham actually had a really good um, piece about that somewhere about the effect she thinks online porn is having on her generation of, unlike this, I guess she's millennial generation, of dating, that guys have this expectation because they're watching so much online porn that their expectations of real life sex are totally skewed. Unrealistic. Yeah. Suzanne, you have. Boys and girls. I have yeah, I have boys and girls. I have a thirteen year old daughter and then I have a ten year old son and a six year old, so he's obviously out of the picture, maybe not so obviously. Almost but at the girls in bikini stage. <laughs> he definitely is not in that picture. And I, I I sort of struggle with it. We haven't gotten to the point where uh, my daughter has expressed interest or shown search history. We we do see her text messages come across, which is interesting because we can see that some of her friends are there at this stage, which means that she probably isn't too far behind that. And it's a question of do you use the tools that are there because you can bra- you, you can block things at the router level. You can use those tools to make sure that the computers that they're using or their phones, device by device, um, can be shut out of search and shut out of different things that would expose them to accidentally um, coming across materials. Uh, but I think to the, the more the, to the point is the fact that you need to have that conversation about what's real and what's not real. We talk about that in movies all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not real. This is just, they are just playing. It's makeup. It's, you know, it's a blood bag bursting. It's not actual blood. And and being able to, you know, tell people that this is considered to be entertainment, even though it doesn't really look like it to you. Um, people are putting this together to um, meet an expectation that isn't reality. Um, just the way that any storyteller might extend the truth to be able to um, better serve his or her audience. Um, and so I think that that's a really good point of being able to you know, have that conversation on a topic that's really uncomfortable, I think, for a lot of parents to have with their kids. I know. It's funny, right? The sex talk, like, no problem. Like, it seems like there's, like, a roadmap for that. Mm-hmm. But there's something about the pornography talk. Because there's so much, de- you know, there is a little deviant, well, not a little, there right. is very deviant behavior that you don't want to even bring up. Oh, you don't want to go there. Much less, right. you know, you don't want to show them, you don't want to let them know that people are like this. Um, that somebody might one day want something like this from them and to be able to say no. I mean, I, there are so many different things, so many different layers to look yeah. at. And it is crazy because it's a little more out of your control than I think it ever was in the past. I think talking to your kid about Playboy was a very different conversation. I think that was than, normal. I think it was normal that people expected that when you go babysit for someone, you know, you, the first thing you're going to do is look for their Playboy or Playgirl <laughs> magazines. Playboy channel. <laughs> no, That's I what did. I used to do. <laughs> Well, my husband got a subscription to Playboy when he was 13. It was sort of 
sort of mm. what people like did. Like a rite of passage. Yeah, I'll tell yeah. you, my, my, I'm so going to embarrass my nephew right now. But um, when he went to camp, he went with a Playboy magazine and he made a fortune. He rented <gasps> out his Playboy no. magazine to his other bunk mates. Genius. <laughs> he was really Future smart. Future entrepreneur. Kid. Yes. Yeah. My That's brother-in-law awesome. told that story at his bar mitzvah and totally mortified him. So I feel like I can tell it here. <laughs> now, now he's older. That's great. Um, but isn't that funny? But it was like so innocent. Like every boy like paid his two bucks to have his time with the Playboy magazine oh, or whatever sorry. it was. Hey. All right, so basically that's and that was the advice in the article. It's just it's a really good read because it wasn't a scare read. It mm-hmm. was like a very even read with real mm-hmm. people behind it. Um, and that was still the recommendation was like you've got to talk to your kids about this, and you can't think your kid's the one who's never going to look right. for it. Um, I think the more you think that, the more likely it is that your kid is the one showing it to other people <laughs> <laughs> or selling it. Yeah, selling, yeah. selling it's good. Um, but yeah, he's got you know, no matter what, they're at other friends' houses with computers, and it's just well, right. It's a That's click the away. whole you right. know, blocking. It's great, but when they go to their friend's house, then right. what? Yeah, right. exactly. So and that, then they won't have the tools to necessarily be able to address it properly. Right. And you want them to know they can yeah. talk to you about it, right? Yes. They could see stuff that totally freaks them out, and they're like, "What is that?" Because they think they know. I <laughs> don't know. So on that note, um, that takes us, I don't know why, that that is a digital dilemma, but we'll take it to our real digital dilemma, which is monitoring screen time. Um, and Suzanne, you brought up a point just now about tools to monitor content, but obviously those same tools can be used for monitoring screen time. Yes. And they can come in and save the day, really. You can put in tools that will shut the computer off at a certain time of day. You can do it for their phones and their tablets and everything else. And then it's not a conversation because the conversation is between the child and the device. It's not between you and the child. And especially as kids are with younger children, they think it is the device's fault. Yeah. They don't really realize that it was mom My who did that. that. There's a glitch. They love the glitch. Right. Everything's a glitch. glitch. Right. Like, okay. But I love that because then it's not you that they're mad at. Yes. Right. And that's huge. And it's very tempting to let it go on a little bit longer. So, again, to my six-year-old, they're watching something on television. It's tempting to let him watch longer, but he has an earlier bedtime. And the stats show that you have to have a good half hour of no screen time before sleep or it will affect their ability Mm -hmm. to to not only go to sleep, but stay asleep. Right. And so now you're sabotaging that. Um, so it's really super important. Yeah, we have um, so we have a Cisco router that allows us at the router level to control by device when the Wi-Fi is on and when the Wi-Fi is off. Um, it also lets us block websites, which I don't do. But um, the Wi-Fi on and off, the Wi-Fi curfew, I call it, is mm-hmm. so great because it's by device, so it's very granular, um, and it's just it just is what it is. It's a curfew like any other curfew, like except. You're, you know, curtain down. Um, and I think, well, yeah, my husband and I fight about it because he thinks and they don't learn self-control. Like if it's always external, mm-hmm. then how do they learn to shut it off themselves, which is a good question because God knows we can't. Um, you know, that half hour of no screen time yeah, before bed. I was bed. thinking I might need this for me. Yeah. I mean, yes. a half hour of no screen time for people who read on their tablets at night, and I've stopped reading entirely on my tablet at night. Um it's hard if that is you're reading your Kindle and you don't have the paper. Yes. If you have a real Kindle Fire or you're just using the Kindle app, which is how I consume almost so I mean well, a lot of my reading, it's bad. You just you don't know what else to do. You like forgot 
you don't want to go buy a book. Nobody. You just want to download it to your Kindle. And <laughs> Do you know you my friend? Read. My friend just yes. sent me a book for Christmas. I just got it when I got home from CES. It was an actual book to read. I was so excited. Yeah, I mean it's hard. My daughters still love physical magazines, and so do I. Yes. Um, and I don't like reading magazines on a tablet. Oh, I can't read a magazine on a tablet. Yeah. I can't do it. But I, I think the question, though, is w- for those of us who do, like, I don't really limit screen time. I don't. It, uh, screen time has always been the carrot on the end of the stick with my kids. So they know that if they're behaving and having a good attitude and getting good grades and, and you know, they've done their chores and they've done their homework, they can just have whatever screen time they want and we don't limit it. Um, for people who do limit it and want a system, I saw a great thing on uh, Cool Mom Tech, and I'll, I'll put the link up. It's It involves marbles and a jar, and the kids earn the screen time, and the marbles go in one jar, and then they can use it, and it goes in another jar, and each marble is like 10 minutes or half an hour or, or however you set it up. And I could totally see doing that with my kids when they were younger. I thought it was brilliant. Right. I think age is also, again, a factor. But ironically, I think it's easier to take it away from the younger kid and have those limits. Although not always as easy for the parents because the parents are using it as a babysitter a lot of times. Right. Um, which, go for it. I mean, you know. <laughs> then we've That's all how I got dinner made. <laughs> That's how I did most of everything. Um, baby Einstein. But I do think when they get older, it gets harder. They need it for homework. And you yes. know that they're really messaging with their friends instead of doing their homework and they're just as distracted by social media sometimes and so they're supposed to be doing homework my daughter's supposed to be doing her homework she's on these like korean makeup shopping sites i'm like what (laughs) it's like you're not using that don't tell me do not tell me that that's what's happening well if i could just circle back to the curfew thing uh for me when i was growing up i always had a curfew i had to be home by a certain time and I found it really comforting to have that curfew because I could then tell my friends if Mm -hmm. I was in an an uncomfortable situation that this was my curfew and I had to be home. And my parents always told me, make us the bad guy. Um, Just use us to be able to get yourself out of whatever situation you have to if if that's what's going to make you be able to get out of the situation. And I think for technology, in some cases, that's the same thing because you can tell your kids, look, tell your friends that we monitor your text messages. Tell them we're reading your Facebook if they're still using Facebook or or whatever (laughs) it is. But if you put out there that the parents are are there and actively looking out for you, then that gives you that safety net because they're not going to be as likely to encroach on personal space and and, and do those cyberbullying and all those other things that can go on late into the evening and and online when they're away from the house. Yeah, and I also do think kids want that break. Um, Like, Andrew, you just said you wanted it for you. Absolutely. They're actually, I know when I was doing a lot of writing, there's a lot of software you can put on your computer that I would absolutely block all social media. Like, this is what I was working on. I need to get X number of words done, you know, whatever. Um, I find it incredibly effective and, and a relief. It is a relief. I mean, when... When you can't go on there and you have to focus, it's sad that you need an external thing, but it it works. There was a story, and actually I was going to send it around to talk about next week, but there's a story uh, about a study that they did with people who, um, you know, had their, they had their iPhone across the room and it was, you know, lighting up, showing that there was a text message or email and the person couldn't get to it. And they were measuring stress levels (laughs) of people who could not immediately check their phone. And 
you get crazy. You get crazy when you know it's on there. So blocking it and just shutting it off, even for a grown-up, I think is really nice. It's like, no, I can't do this. It's right. off. So uh, we should just talk a little bit that there is, just quickly, there are recommendations, right, which is no screen time for kids under two from the American Pediatrics Association. And then it's like, Suzanne, you always know two, two hours. hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's two hours per kids um, otherwise. Um, but they're also talking about dead screen time or passive screen time, not interactive screen time. Right. If they're actively engaged and um, required to do a response where it's a learning engagement um, that has been shown not to be as, quote, detrimental. Does Call of Duty count? Are they talking about <laughs> those kinds of things? Actually, interesting that you should bring that up because when you work together these kind of team games um if it's a solo mode probably not so much but the when they play online in these massive multiplayer games being able to lead a team and make decisions and do those types of things oh, wow. has actually shown to be beneficial to kids and it does build leadership and it does build some of these other things so gaming in and of itself is not a bad thing it's just a question of how you know how long they're doing it and what types of games that they're engaged in but Multi, uh, these uh, violent games like Call of Duty aren't necessarily a bad thing and there hasn't been a direct tie for violent behavior to people who engage in those games. That is very good news for our household. There you go. <laughs> Problem solved. Endless screen time and play Call of Duty. Just play more Play more first-person shooters, right. buddy. Go ahead. It's good for you. All right. Well, that takes us around. I don't think that's going to be your recommendation of the week, Amy, but, <laughs> no. but we will start with you for your parenting bite of the week. Okay. I have one that's actually on Kindle, and I don't know if it's been on my Kindle forever. I just discovered it this past week. Maybe it was there all along. I don't know. But it's called WordWise. And what it basically does, this would be great for somebody who maybe is reading a book in, a, in another language or in English, and English isn't their first language, or for children. And... On Kindle, you can you can highlight a word and you can look up the dictionary meaning of it fairly easily. But WordWise takes it a step farther. What it does is it puts very short definitions of more difficult words right there on the page. So as you're reading, if you come to a word you know that that might be a little more difficult, the, the definition's right there, and you can set. If you want more hints, fewer hints, you know, it has some control and it's very easy to turn off and on. Maybe you're reading one book where you need more help and another book where you don't need any help. So you can turn it off and on really easily. I love it. I, I think this is brilliant and I wish I had found it before this week. Sounds awesome. Is it just on the Kindle? Um, I, I haven't been able to activate it like on the Kindle app on my phone, but it's on my Kindle Paperwhite and I need to check my kids' Kindle Fires and see if it's there. A lot of tablets. All right. <laughs> Suzanne. You have no idea. So, uh, unfortunately, this is only for um, iOS devices, but I also have an app. Um, it's called um, High IQ or Health IQ, and it's an app that lets you take quizzes about health. And there are ones for childhood health, there's for fitness, there's for mental health. And it's sort of fun because you get to see how knowledgeable you are, but it also uh, bubbles up some information that you might not know about a topic that you think that you're that you're quite knowledgeable, knowledgeable about. The company found that only 21% of Americans had sufficient knowledge to take control of their health. And any time that you can learn more about a health condition you have or just about your health in general, it's less likely that you'll end up in the hospital or you'll, you'll have other kinds of health issues. So 
I would recommend that you download this free app. Cool. Cool. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Um, so I was going to talk about all those connected smart pacifiers and, and temperature <laughs> things, but I think we already talked about them. But the other thing that I saw at CES, and, and I live in the suburbs and a lot of kids play um, junior high school and high school um, football and lacrosse, and a lot of kids get hurt and get concussions. And um, last year, Reebok had a sensor that you could put inside the skull cap under a football helmet, and it could measure impact on your kid. And so I saw a number of these out at CES this year. And I think for a parent, um, I don't want to be that parent on the sideline, you know, with my phone monitoring. Oh, he took a hit. Okay. You know, is he down for the count yet? But I think that um, coaches don't monitor as much as they should. And I think that as these are becoming more mainstream, and there's a number of sensors I saw, I think it's nice if your kid uh, plays youth sports to be able to in some way have some sense of, What's going on? You know, are they getting hit too much? Are they, um, you know, do they just need a break? Do they need to come out a little? So I would definitely keep an eye out for these, and we can post some links to some on the Facebook page. That's cool. I, that's so will never apply to me. Um, <laughs> my children, except for like. Said the mother of a boy. Except they're like klutzies. I'd all day be like, oh, there she goes again. Again, again, she banged into the stair. <laughs> like, it would be my daughter. Um, so I'm, I'm going low tech. I think I always go low tech every week. Um, but on that same porn discussion, I'm not suggesting a subscription to Playboy. Um, but if you are ready to have the sex talk with your kid, and I would recommend having the sex talk early, like second, third grade. Um, the book that was recommended to me that I now recommend to everyone is called It's So Amazing by Robbie Harris. It's to- it's for boys and girls, and it starts with puberty, which I think is the more important thing to start with your kid because that's the scarier thing for them is all these changes and if they're changing enough. And it has both, so I think it's kind of nice because the girls can see what's going to happen to the boys. And my daughters thought it was the funniest thing they have ever seen <laughs> in their life. There's a picture. It's, a, it's all cartoon, so it's not graphic. But there's a picture of a boy on, like, a diving board with an erection. <laughs> and it's all about, like, how boys get them when they don't want them and whatever. So bouncing. Oh, and, and, you know, if there's a boy walking up to the board covering himself with a book. Like, that's what's going on. And they were like, there is a part of their body that they can't control? <laughs> like, what? They yes, were, honey, and it lasts forever. That's what I said. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, They thought that was the funniest thing ever. So um, I, highly, I really recommend It's So Amazing. It's like a really great book on puberty and sex. And it's because it's also about a lot about love and sort of caring for your own body and your body as your own personal space you know and so it starts out very basic but it goes through all kinds of love um and i highly recommend it so check it out we'll put a link to it to buy it on amazon i don't know if it's available on kindle you might have to get the good old-fashioned book which i actually recommend Uh because you can sit to get a book i know but it's actually (laughs) only if i'm reading it because you can sit on the like the couch together and read it and then i just sort of like stuck it in the bathroom (laughs) i feel like whenever they wanted to kind of pull it out it would be there um which i also recommend there's a lot of reading that's a good idea yeah Yeah, just i did that with the american girl book that uh karen keeping of you also 
read it once and we just sort of stuck it in the bathroom uh, <laughs> in the magazine rack um, so that's it for today thank you thanks Amy thanks Andrea thanks Suzanne for being our guest you have to come back yes. thanks for having me lots of good information we'll put links to everything you heard about today on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash parenting bites download us at the iTunes store rate us review us so that other people can find us in that store because boy it's like the wild west in that iTunes store and the more ratings and reviews you get the higher they rank you. And subscribe. Please subscribe. That's actually probably the most important part. And spread the word. And we'd love to hear you from you. So leave those comments on our Facebook page and we'll answer your questions on the podcast. See Thanks. you next week. Bye.